back to another episode of Keybinds, the official podcast of Trample Gaming. Thank you for being here. I've got Pinch and I've got Triceratops with me as always. And we took last week off. That's right. Yeah, we <laughs> didn't make an episode last week because of, as Pinch was saying, general laziness. No, no, it was Thanksgiving last week. So obviously we didn't uh, really have a chance to make a new episode. But we're back this week. There's a ton of stuff to talk about. We're going to be covering, oh my gosh, a, a litany of things. We'll see how much we can actually get to in this week. But we're going to try to cover as much as possible. So we're going to be looking at DeepMind has a new artificial intelligence program that they've been working on that could be cracking a real problem. And we'll talk about that connection to gaming in a little bit here. Uh, we also have Balenciaga creating their own video game. Google Stadia says that they have about 400 games in the pipeline, which is pretty impressive. We're going to cover as quickly as possible the Valorant Champions Tour, because that is the entire esports structure for what Valorant is going to be doing. And then we have a fun little story at the end, of course, followed by what we're listening to, what we're watching, and what we're playing. So let's just go ahead. We'll dive right in. Welcome in, Pinch. Sarah, thanks for being here. Hello. Yo. DeepMind, which is an artificial intelligence company, have been working to crack a 50-year-old problem of protein folding. Now, I'm going to get into what the protein folding conundrum is, but I want to focus on what DeepMind has been doing to get to this place. And it has a very deep connection, <laughs> no pun intended, with gaming. So one of their first kind of artificial intelligence projects that they worked on was with StarCraft II. This was, I want to say, gosh, probably five, six years ago at this point. And what they were doing was they were training these artificial intelligence programs to think like human beings, right? So uh, they were having them play StarCraft, which is a game based on incomplete information. And they would throw you know, this artificial intelligence into the game and give it the same rule set that a human being would have to work off of and see if it could get to a level where uh, it was as good as a human being, if not better than a human being at playing StarCraft. Now, as you know, if you play StarCraft, <clears throat> there's this fog of war mechanic, so you really can't see what your enemy is doing. Now, traditional bots in StarCraft will know kind of what's going on behind the scenes and then adjust based on the difficulty that you select, how hard they kind of ramp up their aggressiveness or you know what they do in game. But with something like what DeepMind builds, it doesn't work that way because the machine is still limited to the same information that a human being would have. So they have to make creative and interesting choices, which machines aren't always good at doing. And that requires problem solving that traditionally has been reserved for human beings. It's the same reason why they focused on the ancient game of Go, because Go is one of those games that is almost impossibly difficult. The skill ceiling is incredibly high. And I would argue the same thing with StarCraft, right? And they use that work to kind of develop these artificial intelligence systems that they can then use to work on real-world, real-life problems. And one of those is protein folding. So scientists have identified more than 200 million proteins but they really don't know a whole lot about how these proteins work. And of course, if you want to read more about this, The Guardian has a whole article on DeepMind uh, AI and you know what they're doing here. But basically, they've just been training this algorithm 
uh, on public databases that have you know, hundreds of thousands of protein sequences and what their shapes look like. So then what it'll do is it will try to analyze that and figure out uh, how they work, how they function. You know, and these proteins are things that, you know, control things in your body like insulin levels and sugar levels, uh, you know, even how uh, we fight the coronavirus. So this is really kind of important groundbreaking work that DeepMind has been doing. And it seems like the culmination of this is coming at a time when, A, we need it the most, and B, I think the lineage of them coming from gaming is, is just so cool that they used gaming to really uh, to really get there. So, you know, obviously more than just StarCraft and Go, they, they had it play in chess and even some old-school arcade games, you know, trying to get it to think like a human being would to, to solve problems, but just do it on a faster, larger scale. So uh, I'm going to open it up. I think you know, this is pretty fascinating. Artificial intelligence, I think, in general, is pretty cool. What are y'all's thoughts on what is going on in this space? I remember hearing about DeepMind and StarCraft Two. I mean, I don't remember exactly when that was. Like, Bish, maybe you can fill me in on how long ago that was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 2014 or 15. Okay. Basically, they did it in like. A little over a month. I remember you telling me about it. Yeah. And I was just like, that's insane. Like, that, that is so cool. Um, the fact that science can use, you know, real life things that people have developed via computers, right? All games are designed on computers and, and run binary. Kind of the same thing with science. Like, you, know, you just got to figure out the pathway that's going to lead you there, right? I think that when it comes to the companies that are going to be on the cutting edge of artificial intelligence, machine learning, they're going to be looking to solve humanity's biggest problems. And that's what DeepMind is trying to do with AlphaFold, what they're trying to do with, you know, how their algorithms work to, to process these proteins. And, you know, the, the article even states it's kind of like an origami process. And I think that's that's pretty that's pretty cool. So I, I'm excited. I'm really excited. I think the future is very bright. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I I've always been really fascinated with AI and how it works and how how it's like eventually learns to do all these crazy complex things, right? So, uh, I was yeah. I was looking at the article that you mentioned on the Guardian about the uh protein folding and it actually linked to another Guardian article about the StarCraft thing. So that they posted in October 30th of 2019, which is crazy. Um, is that it really feels like it's a lot longer than that. It um, does. It really does. But they did talk about uh, how it basically became a master of StarCraft in 44 days, which is insane because I can't even get through the tutorial in 44 days, <laughs> to be fair. Like, I'm trash at that game. Well, but, but, the, but you're bringing up a good point is the fact that they have the same information set that we as human beings have, but they can process information at a faster level, at a, a more dense rate. They can process incredible volumes of data in order to learn from their experiences. So they can get, you know, hundreds of years of experience doing something or doing a task over and over, and then creatively figuring out ways to solve the problem of actually playing the game. Like I know that they played thousands and thousands of games of StarCraft, um, with AlphaStar just to, 
you know, so that it could learn to to play the game. And, and trust me, there were some hilarious kind of mishaps with it in, in the beginning because they had some, you know, sort of like pseudo tournament kind of matches with it, you know, with pro StarCraft two players. And I remember thinking that, you know, there were some moments that were pretty hysterical that just did some things that were kind of no brained and what the hell is going on here. But again, it just it helped give an insight to DeepMind that they would then, you know, go on to use for for other projects that are really having, I would argue, a huge impact in, you know, not only the artificial intelligence field, but also in biology. So I don't know. Very exciting for me. I'm, I'm glad y'all agree with that. It's science. Who doesn't love it? Love me some science. I just want to know what what deep mind main are you a zerg main like are you are you terran <laughs> like uh, protoss i need to know man i feel like they'd have to be protoss i, I don't know just just <laughs> <laughs> just throwing that out there i i it would just to me make uh, make the most sense True. <laughs> so of course it, it is 2020 and obviously we're still dealing with what is going on with covid and it's affected every industry across the planet and one kind of area that it's hit has been high fashion. So there's no fashion shows or anything like that. No Paris Fashion Week, uh, nothing in person. So brands have had to get a little bit creative about how they reveal their next, uh, their their fashion lineups for uh, the upcoming seasons. And this one kind of caught my eye. This is from WWD.com. It's about Balenciaga releasing or revealing their next collection. Um, through the medium of a video game. And we've seen this before. We've talked about all the different crossovers with, especially because of 2020, you know, looking at uh, even, you know, the Biden-Harris campaign getting involved with Animal Crossing, AOC streaming Among Us, and then she streamed Among Us not even, again, a couple days ago. So, you know, there's this kind of crossover. But I think what's fascinating about this is that Plenciaga, obviously known for their high fashion, their you know extremely expensive designer uh, clothing and shoes, but they've they've put together this game to unveil their collection called the Afterworld, the Age of Tomorrow, and they're billing it as this quote record-breaking video game uh, set in the year 2031. So. I don't really know much about this game. They've called it an allegorical adventure. Uh, guess it's going to have the collection that will be available uh, inside the game in, you know, different ways. Again, not sure how they're going to be doing that. I guess this is a quote, a hero avatar advances throughout distinct zones motivated by tasks and interactions. Uh, and that's, that's coming from Balenciaga themselves. So, uh, is this just again another sort of <laughs> foray for brands into the gaming space to kind of capture it? But this seems a little bit different. This seems like a kind of art approach. I mean, what are y'all's thoughts on this? It is very artistic. I think it's it's weird to me because like you know I'm not I'm not a fashion dude. Like I don't know much about fashion, or you know I honestly don't even really know who Balenciaga is. Um, but I'm starting to like I'm actually starting to do research on it now. Like I'm. I'm looking, there is a uh, YouTube video out there yes. um, that I guess like Corey Hart's sunglasses at night is being played in the background. I'd be interested to see what exactly like the game mechanics are. It's like, do you just grind for some money until you could buy those, you know, $1,200 Balenciaga sunglasses to open the next area? Or like, you know what I mean? Like what exactly, what does the game entail? Or is it like are you a fashion model and you got to walk down the runway 
trying to, you know, trying to look good on the catwalk for X amount of days before you can get to, you know, Milan and then do it again. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think it's kind of cool. I think it's kind of cool. I also think it's kind of cheesy because it's it's one thing to have like Burger King on a on a uh, billboard in Forza or whatever. <laughs> but it's another thing to be like, my entire brand is this game. That's my perspective anyway. I mean, this is this is a, a big deal, right? Because they normally spend, I'm sure, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars to put on these big fashion shows and these big weeks that they have uh, across the planet. And when you can do that, you can bring people together. Uh, what other kind of way do you bring that collection to light? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that this is certainly unique. Maybe it is a little corny. I, I'm not saying it's not. All I know is your boy definitely wants to speed run after world. Okay. I'm in there like swimwear, but um, I, swimmers, uh, swimmers, the last thing that you unlock in the game, it's $5 million. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, they, they even describe it as kind of a, um, you know, this hero's journey through a virtual utopia. I, you know, who knows what to expect. But regardless, this is pretty interesting that that now high fashion brands are getting into into this space and, and from a different angle than I would argue other brands like you described, you know, Burger King. Remember their their King game back in the day that was on Xbox 360 or whatever. And then they had, uh, obviously, the KFC. We've talked about their dating simulator, which is hilarious on Steam. You know, there, there's so many games that that kind of are in that that realm. But those are more, I think, again, sort of jokey but understood promotional items, whereas this seems to be going for a more kind of artistic approach to a reveal of their, their clothing line, which, again, is still sort of a marketing push, right? But um, <laughs> I don't I don't know. It's 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 very fascinating. I'm just saying it's all about the uh, $295 slides. Oh, you know, like the Adidas slides, but like $300. Uh, <laughs> if that's in the game, I will I will absolutely be playing that. <laughs> I remember when we were in Vegas and uh, we were walking through, and there's the Balenciaga store. And I remember seeing that they had some sneakers in there that I thought were, in my personal opinion, just god awful hideous. Okay. Um, oh, please! You know you'd wear them. I know. Don't even know. lie. Don't even you're, lie. Arguably, you're you're not wrong. I probably would, but my goodness, I just high fashion is is just lost on your boy. I, I don't I don't understand. Okay, move, <laughs> moving real, on. Real quick, since we were talking about Burger King, do you guys remember like their they're like fake boy band thing from like the 90s yes yes called like together uh-huh oh, i saw you god <laughs> i can remember that oh like and they were my... they were selling like the they were selling like the cds at the counter and shit yes. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know so it's it's because we were talking about boy bands earlier that that popped in my head like i don't just think about boy bands all day guys okay maybe <laughs> sometimes i, I do is. remember this i'm dating myself because this it was like a part of mtv yeah um, yeah like an mtv thing going on and oh god that's so wow 
way to bring it all the way back there. That's, that's <laughs> for our younger audience. Yes, boy bands were a thing in the late nineties. Uh, anyways, move, moving on. So, Google says it's got four hundred games in the pipeline for Stadia. That's it. We're done. Moving on. Cool. No, just just kidding. But really, <laughs> uh, do we care? I, I mean, we've talked about xbox game pass we've talked about cloud gaming we've talked about stadia's slow start <laughs> i mean is this really going to move the needle does this get people you know playing the games in the cloud I- i'm not convinced i don't think so i think people are still going tra- to opt traditionally for a console um or a pc right but uh, to me, this is sort of that kind of like in-between space. Now, of course, there are no other real details about what these games look like. Uh, apparently, there is a complete list of Stadia games uh, over on Android Police, so you can check that out. Um, I guess it also includes maybe like 50 or so unreleased games. Um, you know, if you're interested in cloud gaming and and, you know, kind of gaming as a service model and moving the console to the cloud, I mean, there, there's certainly something here for you. Um, I still just think people are kind of locked into the Microsoft Xbox or Sony PlayStation sort of walled garden ecosystem that is PlayStation and Xbox. But um, I think Google is at least trying to make a good play at this. Any thoughts? Do you guys care about cloud gaming? Are you ever going to do anything with cloud gaming? I, you know, I don't think I ever will. Honestly. I don't know anything about this. That's fair. Like, I think I've probably heard Stadia before, but I had no idea this was a thing. I feel so terrible. Um, Well, you're proving my point. (laughs) Just just goes to show that uh, they're likely not doing a great job of advertising it because I, I don't know. I play games all the time on lots of different consoles and, PCs and not a clue. <laughs> so so my perspective of Stadia is this, right? I think that they were way before their time. I think that maybe in 10, 15 years, when the next generation, like the Zoomers and then the after the post-Zoomers, realize that all of our consoles and all of our tech is just trashing our planet and they want to do something about it, that's when it's going to blow up. Like in the... Mm. In like the in the future next 15 20 years right i don't think it's going to be big now like i think that it's a great first start but when i saw it release or when they announced it in i think 2018 at e3 i immediately knew that will be cool in the far future like (laughs) when i'm old as shit you know what i mean (laughs) i wow interesting take that I I agree with you. I was just thinking that right before you said that. I was like, or as you were mentioning that, I thought people still are bitching currently because they can't get hard copies of games and they have to download them. Yeah. So it's like this is the same thing, you know? Like I guess wow. it has unlimited space, you know, or you'd have right. to pay space, I would imagine. Well, I think it's I'm trying to think exactly what the deal with Stadia is. I think it's 10 bucks a month, basically, and it's access to um, a ton of games that you can play for just that monthly subscription. And they're not bad games. I mean, you have games on yeah. there like like Borderlands 3 and Celeste and Ark and all of these other like, 
you know, Cyberpunk 2077 is supposed to be on there probably by 2077 at this point. Um, and I make that joke all the time. And I know it gets old because everybody makes that joke. But I just want to play the freaking game, man. I know. <laughs> I know. But can, can either of you explain how this works to me? Basically. You don't have to include this, but I really don't understand. Like, how do you play? Like, what controller do you use? Well, I, th- I think no, I do think this is worthwhile, right? For the for the benefit of those who are not aware of, you know, what what are what are we even talking about? So, okay. um, so cloud gaming, at least in Google's mind, is this kind of hybrid that you know you're going to be able to plug in, uh, like um, one of the Google Cast, Chromecast kind of things, and connect a uh, be able to wirelessly connect a controller to it. And you can also, of course, play on your computer. But basically what it does, you've got to have pretty good internet because what it's going to do is it's going to process all the video, uh, all the gameplay is going to be processed server side on their side and then streamed back to you. So you're basically playing like a streamed game in the cloud. Um, So, you know, of course, there's latency issues. It's certainly not ideal for a lot of the games that we enjoy playing. Um, but I think even for some multiplayer games, it's gotten to the point where if you have pretty good internet, it's it's still really solid. There's not a whole lot of latency. And and it allows you to not have to build a really nice PC or buy a console. You just, you know, plug a Chromecast in. You can even, you know, play on your old laptop. It doesn't matter what laptop you're playing on or old computer or whatever, as long as it can run the Stadia software, which is pretty low-spec requirements you can game on it and play all the top AAA titles all for a, you know, subscription fee, which I don't know. I mean, I guess that's, that's pretty appealing for a lot of folks, maybe that have high speed internet, but I think that, you know, those of us who have high speed internet buy consoles and buy PCs and play in those, in those ways. Um, I, I love the the concept. I do think it's maybe ahead of its time. Obviously, NVIDIA has been in this space before. There have been other competitors in the past that have tried to kind of get in early on game streaming. Nothing's really kind of stuck. I would argue Game Pass has been the one of the better kind of gaming cloud scenarios, even though you still really need a, a PC to play you know, to play the games, right? But you don't have to have the console. This just eliminates all of those strings attached and allows you to play straight from the cloud. So, yeah, maybe it is a little too ahead of its time and maybe in the future we'll see it kind of progress. But, um, yeah, interesting. I also I also want to say that I think that it's it's really cool for the, for the I guess, gamer on the go or the gamer who likes... Um, like a minimalist lifestyle because you get yeah. both best of both worlds right all you need is your your stadia controller and your chromecast and you can basically play on any tv if you're traveling a lot and you have decent internet you could play it you know what i mean um i i think that it's really it's a good idea so don't think that i'm knocking it but i just don't think the tech and um the the following is there yet like i don't think that there's we have a need for cloud gaming yet mm-hmm. but i bet you like i said in like 15 20 years when we're all dying because our our pcs are poison or something <laughs> um we're gonna we're all gonna be like damn i want me a stadia <laughs> you know yeah. or some sort of cloud gaming device right 
right? I could very well see that being the case. I agree. But maybe it's going to take a little bit longer than Google would like to, but they've got deep pockets and they can wait it out just to be kind of the leader in that space when it gets to be that point, which could be kind of the play they're making. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. All right. So <laughs> I know we're running kind of short on time here, but I want to cover Valorant Champions Tour. They just announced this last week. We finally understand how Riot is going to approach the competitive scene for Valorant. It's a very similar structure, I would argue, to what they have for League of Legends. I think it's also somewhat similar to how Counter-Strike majors are handled, but I'll, I'll, I'll get into that in a second. So in a nutshell, VCT, they're calling it, so the Valorant Champions Tour. And again, this is all starting 2021. Here's the structure. And there's no in-person lands, okay? There are no in-person lands. Everything is going to be online, at least as it stands right now. And it's going to be regional locked, right? So you're going to have teams that until we get to that Valorant Champions level, it's all going to be, you know, North America, South America, Europe, Asia, Africa, Australia, okay? So uh, the Valorant Challengers is the first tier that's basically open competition for anyone, so just regional competition. Uh, basically, the idea is that those Valorant Challenger Series teams will kind of feed into this Valorant Masters level. So that would be basically the top teams from every region um, that are going to face off. Again, very similar to how Worlds works for League of Legends. They face off against one another, and then that will lead to you know the Valorant Champions which would be basically crowning the best team in the world. So again, very similar structure. I think that the Masters tournaments, how those are going to work, you know, there's going to be some certain like major tournaments. You know, I don't know if they're going to do like splits or something like that. Not really, doesn't seem to be that way. But again, you can check it all out uh, over on playvalorant.com. But it's a pretty good structure. I think it's the structure that those of us who are into this were looking for. I think it, it makes a lot of sense when lands do become a thing it's going to make even more sense to have this kind of structure. And, you know, we'll see, again, very similar kind of world-level events for Valorant. I think there are some other issues with the game right now that they need to, to figure out, arguably, but this is nonetheless kind of an exciting announcement. Uh, any very brief thoughts on what's going on with the Valorant Champions Tour? I think it's exciting, um, especially after watching the First Strike Tournament in North America, um, seeing those teams and... Wow. I mean, they're just, they're nuts. Like, you know, people always say that they're cracked, like literally. Um, and I think it's just the first step. You know, I've heard a lot of the, a lot, a few of the NA players who have participated in uh, this tournament. Uh, they've talked about how the EU tournament was, you know, not as exciting, I guess. You know, the, not, not as much of like the playmaking and well, finally, an eSport that the U.S. could be good at. Let's go, America, right? Come on. This is exciting. At least. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about any other regions, um, but that will be very interesting to see, like, the different level, because the the levels might be a little skewed in the U.S., maybe, just because we have a history of games like this uh, competitively. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I know there's only, you know, there's a couple places who have only just gotten servers, so they haven't been at least playing with low ping, if anything. <laughs> they may have been playing on another server, uh, not in their country, but it'll be interesting to see if there's a skill disparity there. I, I think that when it comes to regions like Korea, we think of traditionally as being very strong in the mobile category, especially in League. Um 
are we going to see something similar to that? Or are we going to see something, you know, like Overwatch, where Koreans were obviously very strong in Overwatch? Uh, it was unclear when that competitive scene was developing if, you know, Koreans would be interested in kind of a, a shooter uh, like this. I think this is even obviously a little bit more hardcore. Uh, so I think that it definitely appeals to kind of a NA and EU sort of uh, audience. But at the same time, who knows? I mean, this is this is a big deal. So could could be some big skill disparities or who knows? We might see some surprises. Yeah, I think it's cool. That's really all I got. I mean, I, I think it's I honestly think it's really rad. I, I'm excited to see. Uh, who the best absolute champion of Valorant is, um, like which team, you know? And I sincerely hope it's Cloud9. Yeah, same. <laughs> I think I think we're all big Cloud9 fans in here, so uh, mm-hmm. seeing them win a world tournament for Valorant would just be uh, would be cool. That would be really cool. And really, honestly, any of the NA teams winning would would be a treat, but uh, C9 winning would would be awesome. You know, it'd be really interesting to see. Just a quick side note. Um, the C9 Korean Valorant team will likely probably be playing in that, right? You know, like mm-hmm. C9 is kind of all over the globe, really, right? right? I don't know right. how many countries, but um, but anyways, it'll be interesting to see if, you know, they take it all the way in both countries. And I don't know. That'd be crazy. <laughs> teams i don't know if they'd let that happen i'm sorry <laughs> well no no i mean i again it's another good point when you look at teams like um what samsung white put together for uh for league of legends in, in korea and when when these south korean so when these organizations have multiple teams in the same kind of game or in different regions or even like we see with c9 with blue and white it's a it's an interesting dynamic when you have multiple kind of squads that you've got to put together that play at kind of the highest tier. So, and if they're in different regions and they're, you know, because of COVID not really able to meet for lands, what is it going to look like? I mean, really who is going to come out on top? We, we really just don't have, I think a lot of good metrics to look at other than to say, yeah, it seems like NA has some really good teams. I think we're a bit biased because we're here, but it seems like, EU is is so deeply entrenched with CSGO that, you know, they just didn't see the same level of pros moving from CS into Valorant as we saw here in NA. So th- there's a lot of consequences for, for that. And I still, again, I think that Bright has a lot of work to do on Valorant itself. There are clearly some issues <laughs> just in general with the game I, I think they're working on it i think they're doing a good job at getting things fixed but there's still a long way to go and at least this gives them kind of a runway to work on the game a little bit more kind of get things a little bit better tuned up a little bit maybe work on some of the spray patterns dial down some of the randomness a little bit with you know how gunplay works i, I you know the, the running phantom headshots that uh, has been going viral from from tens playing deathmatch and showing that you can run and, and spray and i uh, i mean there's there's definitely some things that are going to need to be worked on but um this is a really cool step i would say in the, the right direction we all knew something like this was coming and now we actually have a, a structure to look at and something to look forward to over the next year and then once this COVID stuff is behind us in-person land events big tournaments 
you know they're going to do the Staples Center one of these years. You know they're going to do Madison Square Garden. I mean, it's it's going to be the same kind of circuit they do for league, and they'll have plenty of places to to actually set up. So that'll be a lot of fun. We really don't have time to cover another story, so we're going to save our hilarious, fun little story for next week. I promise you, it, it is it is worth it. But we're going to kind of slide right into what we're listening to, what we're watching, and what we're playing. So I'll just kick it off. I guess what I've been listening to, I've been listening to uh, new little skies songs, quite good. Uh, going back, listening to juice world. Um, just kind of going back, listening to some of the, uh, some of his older tracks and, you know, just, just crazy that we lost him so young, but um, amazing. The, the impact that his music has made. Uh, and then also listening to the new oceans, eight Alaska, Go listen to that right now. Just stop. Turn this podcast off. Go listen to it. I'm just kidding. But for real, Ocean's 8 Alaska, brilliant <laughs> band. Um, very British. Go check them out if you'd like a little bit of metal. Very enjoyable. <laughs> Sorry, Pinch, go ahead. I've been listening to a lot of The weekend. I mean, I don't know. Mm. I just, I was feeling it, and then it just hasn't come off of repeat. I know I'm supposed to be looking for some new stuff or some old stuff for making a playlist but honestly like the weekend's just awesome i just i yeah. like it i love it dude yeah he makes great music it's true sarah what are you listening to also juice world um i was kind of updating my playlist recently and i added some juice world some grandson mm. some two feet Ooh, and a a remix of a disclosure song that's really, really good. Oh. Yeah. You've been really listening to the music recently. This is so different. Well, I just love to get my playlist. That's what oh, just okay. is fresh in my mind. I don't like actively listen to it all the time. Gotcha. Okay. But those are songs that I recently like reintroduced myself to or new ones that I heard on Alt Nation, my favorite satellite radio station. Shout out Sirius XM. Okay. Sirius XM. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsor us, please. Sponsor us. <laughs> Pinch, though, for real, you're going to make me go back and listen to some weekend. It's going to happen. This is this so is good, dude. Yeah, I've been doing. I've been doing everything that I can to not listen to Christmas music. Well, let's just dive in, sir. You got something? No. Is it Great British Baking Show again? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. No problem. Quick and dirty. <laughs> Fair enough. No, it's great. It's the finale. Um, I haven't watched it yet, so I don't know who actually wins. But uh, my favorite person was voted off, and that made me sad. I hate the pretentious ones, and they always end up making it to the end. It's upsetting. So we shall see what happens. Fair enough. I've been watching The Mandalorian. I'm finally caught up. It's really good. Sasha Banks is awesome in it. Um, obviously, you know, we see our get some Jedi action going on for the first time. It's, it's really cool. So if you've not had a chance to check out season two yet, definitely get on it. Binge, what are you watching? So I binge watched all of the uh, new Animaniacs and it was amazing. I mean, it felt like <laughs> and I, I think I said it in, in Discord, um, but I hit play. And they they started with the like the Jurassic Park theme or like the Jurassic Park like 
I don't know how they did this, like in the in the little Jeep thing. And then they, you know, they did this whole thing. Steven Spielberg was there and it was awesome. And then the um, the opening song came on and I almost cried. Like I, I immediately turned 13 again, watching Animaniacs with my bowl of cereal. And then they changed some of the lyrics, spoiler, um, to the to the entry song and it's or to the opening song. And it was fantastic. Um, but yeah, I watched that and then I watched the movie run on Hulu. It was, uh, pretty good. Really quick going off of what you were just saying, like, you know, it was nostalgia for you. I don't remember. Oh, it was a TikTok that I saw, but he was explaining a joke from Gilmore Girls. <laughs> and, you know, it was, everybody was like in the comments, they were like, that's, that explains so much because, um, you know, when we were younger and we were watching these shows, it just like goes right over your head sometimes. And especially with, like, the quick uh, dialogue that they have. Um, you know, that's one of my favorite shows. But even even watching it a second time, I've caught things that I didn't catch the first time. And I think a, a lot of good comedies are like that. Rick and Morty is one that comes to mind because yeah. I think a lot of the humor just goes in one ear and out the other. Like, people don't really, like, appreciate it necessarily. Obviously, that show is, like, way more vulgar, but... I love it. You know, it's it's so funny <laughs> to me. Rick and Morty is but so good, and it's it's great. It's so smart so, too. So similar opposites, like same same people. You know, did both shows. It's got all the comedy that I like the most. Yeah. No, I care. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> what have we all been playing? Well, I can tell you, I've been playing a ton of Hades. Uh, I have not gotten to the end which makes me sad i'm on run probably 22 or 23 i feel like i should have made it already i'm kind of embarrassed i haven't um feel free to troll me in discord discord.trample.gg and let me know that i'm trash at hades which is, is probably true uh, i've also been playing pokemon shield i'm trying to finally beat pokemon shield it's only been a year or whatever it's been at this point and i still haven't gotten kind of around to it so uh, yeah, trying to catch up. Uh, Pinch, what are you playing? Okay, so real talk before I talk about what, what I was playing this week. Hades is not easy. <laughs> no. I am like 37 hours in, or like 47 hours in, I think. I have not beat it. I've gotten to the end, but I haven't finished the game. I haven't reached mm. completion, as they say. Um, But I, I don't... Honestly, it de it all depends on how you build your dude, what weapon you're using, and how smart do you play. Like it's the the game's not easy. It's hard. It's yeah. It's fun as hell though. Um but so what have I been playing this week? Um I'm mildly embarrassed to say that I have stopped the Blizzard ban. Um downloaded Ooh. world of warcraft and uh -huh. signed back in oh Whoa. damn yep full send uh started a new character started a couple new characters playing through it i don't know if i'm going to buy shadowlands um but i i kind of wanted to see how much of it has changed because i heard that uh, there was things like uh level squishing so instead of being you know 100 level 120 you like the max level is once again level 60 which is you know kind of kind of reminiscent of classic when you spent 
500 million years grinding to level 60 so you could wipe in molten core over and over again um <laughs> which is still giving me ptsd um <laughs> mages all you mages out there learn how to not stand stand in fire please <laughs> it's been 20 years guys <laughs> how do you not know how to stand in fire um but yeah so between that i've been playing a lot of slay the spire because i have to regrind my account because for some reason all of my save progress was just like just deleted um so there's mm. another 170 hours that i need to redo basically um and Torchlight too because i'm trash and i don't want to play diablo <laughs> <laughs> that's a nothing wrong with that at all nothing wrong with that although i do want to pick up Torchlight three because it looks um it does Sarah, what about you? What have you been playing? Um, so I'm gonna brag about myself for just one minute, okay? So main Valorant account, hard stuck, currently Iron Two, okay? I know I'm better than that, and I, I it's been um, confirmed. So my second account, don't tell anyone. You never heard it from me. <laughs> Initial rank of bronze three, next game silver one. Ooh. So much excite. Um, I would like to keep grinding that account a little bit. Um, I don't know if I'm ready for silver lobbies because I'm used to iron lobbies. So <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. So I've been playing that. We won a really tough game today. and My ping was all over the place, um, including up to 500. So that was exciting. Uh, still... I believe had a positive KD, so that's good. Um, but friend of ours, Brittany and I, just started a new run of Borderlands Three. Ooh! Wait, you're not playing what? Valorant? I'm proud of you. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. I think everyone has kind of like exhausted their brain power on Valorant right now. So like, we played one game and we were done. Like, I, I always want to play more, but I think everybody else kind of has this, like, mindset of, okay, we won, like, let's take a minute, you know? <laughs> like, let's step back so we don't just, like, keep going and make the pain even worse when we lose. So, you know, it is what it is. But we just, we were talking about it the other day, and I was like, you know, I, it's been basically a year, because I started streaming about a year ago. And that was kind of the first game that I ran through. So it's fun to kind of reprise that this year. It's cool. I also, I also want to make it explicitly clear that I was not being sarcastic. I am actually very proud of you. That you yeah, I playing Valorant. <laughs> and, I don't, and just saying it makes it sound even more sarcastic. So let me overly be sarcastic. I'm so proud of you. You're so good. I can't believe you're not playing Valorant. Do you want a cookie? You want a greenie? Oh my god. Wanna go outside? Oh. Wow. I'm sorry. Okay, see that's too far now. I'm being a dick. I'm sorry. <laughs> go pee pee. Okay, it's okay. Just get okay. okay. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Definitely leave that in. <laughs> 
Oh, well, thank you for tuning in to another episode, uh, episode eight of Triple Gaming's podcast, Keybinds. Uh, we appreciate everybody listening, really. This has been uh, quite a journey that we've been on. Uh, of course, we're sorry we missed last week, but uh, you know, we hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving, uh, had a safe Thanksgiving. That is certainly the most important. Wear your mask, wash your hands, make sure you're sanitizing, and... We will be back next week with another episode. And we already have one story that we're going to cover, uh, which is pretty wild. So get ready for that. But uh, until then, we'll catch you guys later. Uh, adios. Bye. Before we go, one last thing. I got to say what? it because we have so many birthdays this week. Happy birthday to Melkor and Farm and Joey on, on Friday. And me. Yay! Happy birthday to everybody. Birthday squad! December birthdays are big in Trample Gaming. Yes, yeah, say yeah. hello to everybody. Wish them a happy birthday for sure. <laughs> How are your parents doing on St. Patrick's Day? Getting drunk and boning. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wow. All right, well, thanks thank for you listening, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>